We're in a series called Now and Forever, and we've been doing this for a few weeks now. We're talking about the amazing life that we have in Christ. Now and forever life, full and abundant life. We, we, as we started, remember John 10, 10 was sort of the verse that we looked at. And, and Jesus said that I have come that they might have life and have it to the full or abundant. And that's the idea that this life is full and abundant now and forever. Also in that verse, we know that we have a very real enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He does not want you to experience that kind of life. And so we need to be aware of this dynamic and, uh, and so that we can be all in in this life in Christ and experience how amazing it is and, and all that it means uh, now and forever. And so that's what we're looking at together. Uh, remember, I've also been asking you to develop a couple of habits along the way. We, we talked as we this that um, it's important for us to develop spiritual habits on our journey. And I've had two so far that I've been trying to get you to develop. One is a simple prayer every morning that just is, you know, Lord, I, I want to know you a little better and love you a little more. That you start your day with that. And I'm going to keep asking you to do that just until it becomes a habit. Just every day, very simple. Lord, today I want to know you a little better. I want to love you a little more. And then at the end of the day, sort of see how you did. And a day when you did that, that's a good day. Uh, and then I also asked you, to, there's a, I added to the websites a little daily Bible verse from dailybibleverse.net or somewhere. It pops up every day. And I said, go at some point and just read that Bible verse early in the day and just think about it during the day. Try and think about it throughout the day and what it means. Today it was about living by righteousness. Very good. So just kind of read it and think about it and dwell on it. And that's a great little habit to develop in your life. So that's where we're at. We're going to we're going to continue on in our series today. We're talking about our response to this amazing love of God that He has for us and how interested He is in us and that, that in response, our response is worship and that I'm saying that worship looks like loving God all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we're looking at those verses together. That's where we're headed again. We're going to talk about loving God with our strength. Uh, in this time of transition between the intro and where we're headed, I always like to do a bad joke or two. Actually, have three. I had four yesterday, but one was so bad I had to get rid of it. And you're going to think, why didn't you get rid of them all? But that's okay. <laughs> why did toadstools grow so close together? They don't need mushroom. <laughs> it, that one made the cut, believe it or not. I know you're shocked. I love this one, though. Why did the cowboy buy the dachshund? He, he wanted to get a long little doggy. Get along, little doggy. It's your misfortune and none of my own. Whoopie-tie-yo. I don't know why I know that song. Is that hee-haw? No, hee-haws. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. She doesn't really fit with our topic. What do you call a dog with a cold? A chihuahua. Not bad, right? A chihuahua. All right. Scripture reading and apologies to the guests. Mark 12.30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Uh, so uh, we've talked about, you know, heart, mind, and soul, and those are really sort of inward things. Loving God with our strength, all our strength is an outward expression of the love that we have for God. So how do we do that? That's point number one. How do we love God with all our strength? Now, I want to uh, introduce to you or, or talk to you about something very, very important, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to kind of think about this during the week, and we'll expand on it over the next several weeks. Um, 
So, so we love God with all our strength by, by choosing to live for Him on a daily basis. So that little habit we're developing is very good. Uh, you know, Lord, I want to love you, know you. Um, but there's, there's something that you need to know about loving God with all our strength. So, so here it is. Loving God with all our strength, not about loving Him with our own strength. It's about loving Him with the strength that He gives us. And, and this is the big point that I'm going to try and connect you to today. So Paul said this in Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Notice what he gives us there. Strength so that we can do everything. Everything means just that. Everything. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. So here's the idea. Everything that we have has been given to us by God. And God won't ask us to give something that He hasn't already given us. And this, this is a, a liberating concept of, of living this amazing life that we have, is that you have to let that really sink in. We're to live every day as people who understand that everything that God requires of us to give, He's already given to us. And, and that's very, very freeing. When, when we really begin to understand that our Christian life is through Him, everything changes. See, we have to see ourselves as uh, receivers of what God wants us to have and then, and then givers of whatever it is He asks us to give. Uh, and so this idea of receiving and giving should be a way of life. Now, don't immediately just go to money with that because it's, it's so much, so much, so much more than that, all right? So if you get stuck there, you're going to miss this. When I started this series, I introduced it by talking about the, the, the flow of life. And I gave you even a little acronym and a wristband and, it, you know, we need, to, we need to focus and listen and observe and wait so you'd remember it. But the picture uh, of life is painted for us, this amazing now and forever life, as emanating from the very throne of the living God and flowing down through us and then out of us into the world around us. That's the life, and it's a picture. They, they use a, a river. They use water as a descriptor, but it's this life that I'm talking about, not an actual river. And it's this, uh, imagine yourself in this life that's coming right out of the throne room of God that you have now in Christ, and it flows, it flows, it flows, and it flows through you and into the world around you. And that, that where we experience life is by living in this amazing flow that's coming from the throne. That's this now and forever life. And, and so that needs to be our picture and our understanding of it. So, so all of us are receiving from God different gifts and, and different things, and, and he's, he's giving them all to us, and they're all different so that we can be givers of things uh, back for His glory. So, so we need to figure out how He wants us to give from the blessings and the gifts and the talents that we receive from Him. That's what this life looks like. So he's given us everything we need, and we're just figuring out how we plug into that so it continues to flow through us. If we don't allow this life to flow through us, it gets bottled up in us, and it becomes something completely different. So it, it's this amazing flow that we're in. Second Peter 1, 3, and 4. Peter said this about this. He said, His divine power has given us everything we need for life. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. So his, he's given us everything we need for life, and godliness to live for Him through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil 
desires. So this is what I'm trying to, you know, you've got to see this picture of this life emanating from the throne and that he's invited us into it and it flows through us and out of us into the world around us. And as we do that, we're participating in, in effect, the divine nature, this life that he's given us. And it's life changing and it's, it's, it's rewarding and it's where we begin to experience all the things that we read about. It's an understanding that and that he's doing it all. We're just allowing Him. We're, we're yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowing this life to be developed in us. That is a liberating concept. Because too many people think that, that this idea of living in, in Christ is all about rules and regulations. And that you come to Christ and all of a sudden it's, here's all the things that you should do and here's all the things that you can't do. And it's, it's, there's a whole lot of things that you can't do, uh, it seems like. And like... Wow, all those are can't-dos? And, and, and yet that's not the life that we have in Christ. The life that we have in Christ is just yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowing His life to flow through us. And we need to... you got to get that or you won't experience life. You know, the, you're to be a light for Him. And, and it's as this light flows through you that you shine in the world around us. If you're just kind of stuck in rule-following, you, you don't tend to be a very nice person. Uh, and, and you get mad at other people because if you've been following a bunch of rules and they're not following the same rules, you think they're taking shortcuts and you don't like them at all. But see, we're, we're, we, we just come into this relationship in love with Jesus as people that receive His mercy and grace. And then it flows through us. And it changes everything. So you, you don't have to be miserable. It's, it's Him doing the work in us. It's, it's freeing. You know, don't let people come and put these hard rules. When I... When I first came to know Jesus, and, and uh, it was a long time ago now, I was a lot younger, uh, but I came out of a very sort of wild kind of existence, and, and I, I met this person who, um, who appeared on the outside to have it together, used to dress very well and everything, but you know, he told me, uh, he came up to me at some point, he saw me down in Key West, uh, and I was going to a movie, and he said to me, oh, Christians don't go to movies, and, and I had facial hair, and he said, and they don't have facial hair. I didn't read any of that. But I remember thinking, it's impacted me to this day, I remember thinking, you know, I came out of a sort of a serious drug addiction, and I thought to myself, you know, the, the drug culture treated me way better than this guy's treating me. How about that? Now, you know, I didn't go there and I talked it out with other people, and I, I, but, but see, but that was his experience, and he was, you know, he wasn't happy. Because he was all rules, right? Rules. And, and that's not where we find life. So it's the getting into this flow of life that makes a difference. And so, so it's not about lo loving him all in. It isn't about following a bunch of rules. It's just knowing that we need to be in this life that he's given us and yielding to the Spirit so this life can flow through us and impact people around us for him. So I want to be practical today. And then I'm going to expand on this idea over the next few weeks. It's just, it's, it'll change everything when it, when it sinks in. So practically, though, we've got to do this, and you're going to know this as soon as I bring it up. Living, point number two is living by trying to do... Thank you for listening. There are some things that I say so often, they should just pop out of you when I say them, all right? Because that's, that's key to this whole thing. But, but now we're living to doing the next thing. But you've got to tie that in with what I just said. But he's going to help us do that. And so... As we begin to experience this real life that comes from living in His divine power as receivers and givers, um, what happens is we begin to understand that He is way better at taking care of us than we are. He's just so much better at it than we are. We, and a lot of us have spent our whole lives trying to take care of ourselves and haven't done all that great a job. 
But he's so much better at us, and we have to learn that he can do that. And so over the course of our life in him, we begin to learn that we can trust him and that he's faithful. One of the advantages to walking with him a while is that you, you really begin to see how faithful he always is. In the beginning of your walk, it takes some faith. It always takes faith. But you sort of can look back and see how faithful he was. It didn't mean that you never went through hard things or that difficult things didn't happen or you didn't experience loss. That's all part of living in a fallen world on a broken planet. But what you see is that he's always with you and that he's always for you and that this thing with him is forever. And, and so you need to know that that's the heart of God. Too many people labor under this picture of God that they have where he's just some sort of big meanie who's waiting on you to do the wrong thing so he can pounce on you. And, and if you have this thought, when something's not going right in your life, if you actually begin to think, oh, I bet I'm being punished for something, you're, you, you've got to make a shift in that thinking. That's not right thinking, all right? God is with you. God is for you. God wants the very best for you. The Word of God, you know, leads us in the right direction by the Spirit because He wants us to experience the absolute best life that we can have. Not that we would miss anything, but His way is where life is, and that's what He wants us to experience. So He's all in for us. You know, I said that from the beginning. He's interested in you. He's done everything that he can so that we can have this life. And so we learn to trust him, and then we just respond by loving him all in with everything. And part of that is choosing to do the next right thing. Knowing that sometime we will choose not to, fairly regularly, I'm afraid. But when we do, because we know that he loves us, we can go running back to him, mercy and grace and encouragement to do the next right thing, and then he sends us along to keep the process going. And over time, hopefully, we start making better and better and better decisions along the way. So, so how do we do that, uh, you know, in a practical way? Because what happens in this life, uh, and what this is all about, is that life presents us with opportunities to choose to do the wrong thing. How many of you understand that? That through the course of a day, you will have lots and lots of opportunities to choose to do the wrong thing. You also get to choose to do the right thing, but you can choose to do the wrong thing. We usually cause those, we call those wrong opportunities temptations. Not, not like the music group. <laughs> My guy, talking about. Sister Act made it, my God, my God. But I digress. Unfortunately, now that's all you're going to remember. Did you see him? Okay, temptations. So forget that now. So what do we do when they happen? And here's the thing. See, when they happen, God has a plan in place. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul said this. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Really good news. So these are common. God is faithful. I said that already. You can trust Him. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, which will happen because it's a fallen world, broken planet, He will also, God will always provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Always, always, always. He makes a way out of every temptation that you will face. Now here's another amazing thing is that the temptations that come our way are common to men um, because the enemy tends to use the same tricks in our life. And there's three sort of main categories, and the Word of God exposes them for us. And these three are this. First John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life 
is not of the Father, but is of the world. You should know those three things. I taught them to my kids when they were little. I, I teach them whenever I can. You should, those three things should resonate with you because they're very helpful in identifying what's coming at you. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. The enemy uses those three things because he's been successful with them since creation. Uh, the one time he wasn't successful is with Jesus, but they have worked everywhere else, so he continues to use them because they worked at the fall, and, and he tried them on Jesus. They didn't work, but they work on us all the time. So what do they look like? Because I want you to be able to identify with them. And if you get a chance later, I want you to go and read Genesis 3, the first seven verses, and Matthew 4, the first 11 verses. That's the story of what happens at the fall and the story of the temptation of Jesus. But uh, I'm going to sort of tell you how, what goes on and how those things are used and how they impact us. So little letter A would be the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. So your flesh is, you know, this, this body that we're walking around in, you get it, and it has a lot of sort of ways to be tempted. I would imagine most of us have those things, like, you know, the, the Twinkie calling out from the refrigerator in the middle of the night. I'm here. No one else? Okay. So, <laughs> so it, back in the fall, uh, there, Adam and Eve were there. And the evil one was there as a snake. And I, all the whole last service I kept doing, I don't know why this is my snake. But uh, I, every time I would do it, I mean, the enemy was like that. And then I asked for a sock to make a puppet, and they thought I was crazy. So the enemy comes, and there's fruit. And he's trying to convince Adam and Eve that the fruit uh, is good for food. And, and all of a sudden, fruit, and they know they're not supposed to mess with it. But all of a sudden, he presents it in a way that it, it hits their flesh. And it, wow, that would that that looks like great food. That would be great food, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't we like to eat that and enjoy that? Would, uh, so so they, he tossed that one on him. Then he tries it with Jesus. If you remember in the temptation, he he goes to Jesus and he says, "Look, because Jesus had been fasting, hungry, you can turn these stones to bread. Why don't you do it? Because you're hungry. See how he's messing with the flesh." With us, with our flesh, it's usually, you know, in, in our culture now, we, we buy into this sort of deception. Well, if it feels good, just go ahead and do it because that's all that really matters. And right, wrong, who's to say what those things really are? If it feels good, do it. And so our flesh gets all worked up, and that's a temptation that we can go into. But we need to be aware of it. Be the lust of the eyes. With Adam and Eve, the enemy shows them the fruit and says, look how all of a sudden that fruit, not only did it, they think it would be satisfying to their flesh, but it just looked so good they had to have it. it just look, oh, look at, look at that. You know, look at, look. anyway, so. And then the enemy takes Jesus up into a high place and he shows him everything and he says, he says, look at this. I'll, I'll give you all this. You don't need to go to the cross for this. I'll just give it to you. Take a shortcut. You don't want to do all that. Look, I, I can give it to you. With us, we're bombarded with pictures of things that we think we have to have to make life work. There's a whole huge industry that constantly is, is, is shooting us things that make us think, well, unless I'm having these things, I can't have life. We went and watched the Super Bowl, half of it with my, my son the other day. We were there, and my son was funny. We started to watch the commercials, and he said, okay, we're going to see a bunch of commercials about vehicles I will never own, beer I will never drink, and movies I will never watch. And... Uh, and here they came, and I was like, that's right. See, but we're bombarded, and all of a sudden, isn't it amazing how they, they, they just know how to work on, on you to get you to see things so that the lust of the eyes pop up, and all of a sudden, you really think that life won't be the same unless you have it. Oh, i got to have that. What's wrong with the one you have? It's not as good as that. <laughs> look at it. Just look at it. 
kids are having fun. That's good. So don't you want, I mean, I, I, you know, I love, I, I want kids to have so much fun here that every weekend they wake up and say, is it church? Come on, you got to take me to church. I got to go to church because it's that much fun. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great? That's so anyway. I am going to build a wall up there soon, but that's a, that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that next week. But, so you need it. You deserve it. You got to have it. Let's see that. Pride of life. See, I'm going to run out of time. Pride of life. With, with Adam and Eve, it was, you will be like God. Ooh, that sounded pretty good. With Jesus, it was very subtle. The enemy says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, prove it. Throw yourself down. If you're just trying to see if he had a little room to work in there. With us, it's, you know, pride of life is, oh, I did it my way. We have this thing, all I got to do, I'm going to be, it's all on me. Anyway, that happens. So what happens? So you notice one of these things, it's the temptations coming at you, not the singing group. These things are coming, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. God always provides a way out. That's deep. Always, always, always. And so when you notice and you feel like you're being tempted, you know you have a decision to make, here's what you do. First off, always pray. I've taught you the temptation prayer over and over again. You guys know it? Very good. Remember, it's with some vigor. It's I turned my mic off just for you. So, because that just gets you right thinking about, and you, you pops you right back into the flow, see? And so now you got some help. And, and then what I want you to do is, it's not about willpower. Think it's always willpower. Because what we tend to do is we get, we got a temptation and we can't stop thinking about it. And we'll even say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. The whole time we're thinking about it. And it makes it worse because you're going to do it. All right? So that's not what you do. What you have to do is you have to change your focus. And, and you know, oftentimes you'll, you'll have to, you know, get up and do something else to help you change your focus. But, but, you know, so you need something to do. If you're thinking about something you can't stop, get up, pick up your Bible or something and start reading the promises that are in there. Start uh, walking around. Go for a walk and start thinking about this life that we have. Start thinking about what God has done for you. Start thinking about the cross. Start thinking about anything that gets your mind off of that and into the life that you're called to. Uh, you know, uh, do that little flow thing if you need to. Focus back on Him and listen for what He has to say and observe what's going on and wait for Him to move. Start doing anything besides giving in because that's where you're going to find life, see? And, and you just step back because you know that this life, it's about just loving Jesus and, and walking in this amazing life and the grace and mercy of God and happening through there. So you change your focus. Listen, there's a verse. I want you to add this to your little list of things. Uh, so, you know, they're not too big to you. I've made them pretty easy, I think. You know, every morning, love God more, love, know Him more, love Him better. Little Bible verse on the website. Going to look at that. I want you to memorize the passage of Scripture. If you've been here, you've probably already done it because I've had you do this before, but it's time to refresh it because if we don't think about them, we lose them. The passage of Scripture, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Take the next few weeks and get it in up here and in here so that when something happens, this is one of those life-changing verses. For me, this verse gets me right back in the flow every time. And so when I feel myself out of it, I just start to think about it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about such things. 
You guys got to have that in you. It's such a great passage to bring you back into the flow that God wants us in to experience this life. Start just with that first part this week. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. I bet you've already got it memorized just from saying, oh, that's in there. Now you just keep saying it every day and you'll have it and then you can add to it, all right? But add that to your littlest of habits and we're going to pick up this idea some more next week, but we're going to end it there for now. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over there are here to pray for you.